ở chỗ tất cả là sách giả www.cambodiadaily.com/donate và số mọc cuốn và lộ nền nhưng chỉ tìm thấy chỉ một tờ này chỉ cam vịt thì ai đi học លោកនៅនាងទេសនិកជនជាទីមេត្រីតោរនេះយើងសូមជូនកិច្ចសម្ភាសិស uh, uh, good morning, Attorney Scholar. Good morning. It's good to be with everyone. Well, uh, thank you for coming on our program today and uh, appreciate it. And it's also nice to uh, talk to you uh, today. Uh, I should note that uh, Attorney Scholar was the principal counsel uh, in the lawsuit against Prime Minister Hun Sen in 1997 in a 1997 grenade attack on an opposition rally. He argued and won a default judgment in favor of the plaintiffs at the Southern District of New York court in 2005. He is also a good friend of the Cambodian-American community. And welcome to our program, Attorney Scala. Uh, my first question to you, sir, uh, Professor Vitit Muntapon, the UN Special Rapporteur on Cambodia, uh, conducted an in-country visit to inquire about the human rights situation in Cambodia from December 4 to December 8. Uh, what do you know about his findings that we don't know? Is there any change from his previous finding? He produced, his visit produced some of the most significant results uh, that have taken place in Cambodia for the past couple of years. And in particular, they provide signposts of what the future holds for Cambodia and what's likely to be taking place in the next several months. So it's important that we look carefully at what he did and why it was so different from what the United Nations has done in the past. Okay. The other element that I think it's extremely important to mention is that the Cambodian community itself, the Khmer community, reacted to his visit differently than it had before. It was more actively involved, it was more vocal, it was more effective in the advocacy that it was carrying out during his time and country. And it demonstrated an ability of the Khmer community to play a more effective role in these advocacy processes. That may be the most important development to come out of the trip. Okay. Uh, the Cambodian Americans as well as the Cambodians or 
Khmer inside the country in Cambodia uh, have been very frustrated uh, because uh, uh, every year we seem to hear the same report, uh, the same finding, and the government just doesn't care uh, what the rapporteur uh, is report to the world. Uh, during his brief visit, he met some government officials, human rights advocates and defenders, and filed a report and presented to the UN's uh, Human Rights Council uh, with recommendations. Uh, and I believe uh, in his October uh, press release, uh, uh, he cited uh, like uh, 20 benchmarks, uh, 12 were found to be off target, uh, three with variable levels of implementation, five benchmarks uh, uh, such as improving access to education and allocating additional resources to the, the social social sector were considered on target. Uh, so the, my point is, uh, how do people expect to see anything new since the Cambodian government has always had a different interpretation of the country's human rights situation? The frustration that we all feel not only about how the government of Cambodia responds to these activities by the UN, but how the UN itself tends to be very bureaucratic yeah. and very restrained in how it deals with these problems. That is very frustrating. But the point that is important for everyone to know is that there are dramatic differences in how the United Nations is handling these problems today from the way it has been handling it over the years. And the visit of Vitit Montalban is a perfect example of that. In the past two years, in the lead up to the national elections of July 2023, yeah. The United Nations issued a series of highly critical, of very clear denunciations of the Hun Sen government and their human rights practices. They said in no uncertain terms, the elections that will take place will not possibly be free fair or legitimate unless major reforms take place. That is something that the United Nations has never said before and never done before. And Vatit's visit to Cambodia just a week or so ago exemplifies that as well. In the first day of his visit, before he met with the officials of the government, he went out and met with land grab evic eviction victims yep. in two locations, something that has never happened before. And he did that before paying homage to the Hun Manet Hun Sen government. Yep. He showed a willingness to deal directly and immediately with the most serious problems of Cambodia in a way that has never happened before. So the frustration that everyone feels is understandable. But please do also understand that there is a difference now. The United Nations, the international community, and the Khmer community itself 
is handling these problems differently. And Vatid Montalban's approach exemplifies that in a perfect way. I could give you some other examples of, yeah, please. of that situation. You may be aware that his trip was cut short. Originally, it was planned to go on through the, uh, I think it was the 14th of December, and it only went on till the 8th or 9th of December. Yeah. Well, the question is why that happened. I, In my opinion, and this is my view, not the official view, in my view, the reason it happened was that the special rapporteur had stepped on the toes of the Cambodian government. He was making waves that embarrassed them. And they were concerned about that. Yeah. So they asked him to leave early. But he required them to allow him to return in February or March in a second segment of the investigative visit. That is terribly significant because it gives all of us a second bite out of the apple, a second chance to raise and deal with these problems in a more effective way. So I think the fact that there's going to be a second visit in February or March may be one of the more significant results of the first visit. So, uh, is your group uh, and other American, uh, Cambodian American uh, uh, advocates uh, are going to do anything between now and February and the, the time the, uh, 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 the UPR uh, reconvenes next year? Well, you can bet we are, but it, and the UPR is a key element of that. Yeah. Uh, you may be aware that the UPR, Universal Periodic Review of Cambodia by the UN Human Rights Council, is the most comprehensive, most detailed, and long-lasting compliance review of Cambodia that takes place. And it's being done by the highest level human rights agency at the UN. So it's a very significant event. But please do understand that it's only one of four major forums, four major events that will be taking place between now and May that will give the Khmer community a unique opportunity to speak its voice, to speak truth to power, and let its concerns be known. The other three elements, in addition to the UPR in May, will be the second trip of Vatid Montauban to Cambodia. We will have another chance to influence what he does. He did something unique in this trip in December. He raised the problem of land grab and the illegal eviction of landowners, an issue that had been thrown away and and ignored for so so long a period of time. And he gave it attention again. 
and it's part of something that the United Nations is doing throughout the year. They have made the land grab and the displacement issues one of the primary focus focuses of attention for the UN and have issued what they call a call for inputs, a call for submissions from the outside community on these concerns. And the Khmer community will be issuing a report in response to the United Nations call for inputs on the land grab issue in Cambodia. So that's the second element. The second segment of the Tietz visit, the land grab call for inputs, the UPR process itself in May, and then there's a fourth element as well. And that is something that the International Monitoring Group Freedom House has initiated. Yeah. It's something called that they call Freedom for All. And their purpose is to give attention to the significant problem of political detainees, getting these political detainees out of prison. I'm sure you're aware yeah. that probably the country that has the most political detainees right now outside of perhaps Burma, Myanmar, and China is Cambodia because they have made this effort in order to control the elections of July to eliminate the political opposition party and using mass criminal trials to throw the leaders of the political opposition in prison. And that includes Thierry Singh, who is a, and exemplifies those political prisoners, and Kem Sukha, who while he's not in prison anymore himself, remains under house arrest, under very serious restrictions. So that's the fourth way that the Khmer community in the next several months is going to be able to bring international attention to these problems and to voice their concerns and speak truth to power. It's a major, unique set of opportunities to give the Khmer community a chance to make their presence felt on the world stage. Okay, uh, you you mentioned that the uh, special rapporteur visited uh, Muntapon, uh, focused uh, his recent trip uh, on the uh, uh, land grabbing uh, issues, uh, evictions issues. Uh, you think his report would help uh, the uh, the previous lawsuit at the uh, International Court of uh, uh, Justice or International Criminal Court in The Hague that you and Attorney Richard Rogers had uh, filed? Uh. It will help to some extent, but please understand that there are many other avenues, many other channels that need to be used to give attention to the land grab problem. The International Criminal Court opportunity to deal with those issues is far removed 
and not as immediate as some of the more present ways that we have to deal with that issue. The first way is the UN's call for inputs. We're going to issue a report which reviews the problem in Cambodia yeah. and brings attention to that issue. But the call for inputs is only the beginning of the process. Yeah. We have to find ways, the Khmer community has to find ways to continue to bring international attention to this problem, which let's face it, it's been on the back burner. People yeah. have not been paying attention to it. We have to change that situation. Yes. Okay. Uh, Professor Vitit Mundapan is the seventh, uh, as far as I know, uh, UN representative uh, in Cambodia. Uh, the six previous UN rapporteurs had reported to the UN and the world about human rights violation in Cambodia since the 1990s. Uh, nothing significant has changed. Does the UN have any effective mechanism to bring about some promising changes for the Khmer people? They do indeed, and and I'll give you the perfect example of it. Okay. When Han Manet was appointed as Prime Minister by his father, the Khmer community, with my help, yeah. issued a complaint to the United Nations about the process that was used. We pointed out that there were illegalities in that approach, both from the Cambodian constitution and in terms of international law. Okay. Vitit Montauban picked up on our complaints and he issued a similar warning, a, a similar set of concerns. Yes. And he used the term, which I was very taken by, he used the term hereditary appointment. Yes. In other words, he was making clear that the presence of Hun Minet as the new prime minister was not done in a proper fashion. It yes. was done through a, a hereditary appointment using his terminology. Right. Well, we have to understand the significance of that. It was something that the United Nations, with its bureaucratic, restrained language, has never done before. And the special rapporteur picked up on our challenge yeah. and followed through on it. That's the approach. That's the response yeah. that we need to look for from the United Nations in many, many different ways, including at the UPR and in their land grab issue focus and their call for inputs. Right. Yeah, in the uh, uh, press release issued from the uh, United Nations uh, Human Rights Council office in Geneva, uh, the rapporteur uh, indicated that uh, the hereditary succession to power raised serious concerns with respect to human rights, democratic principles, and uh, international rule of law. So uh, that's uh, it's a very uh, uh, you know uh, somehow negating whatever happened in in. Uh, it's a very significant statement. Yeah. Yeah. 
and much different from things that have happened in the past at the United Nations. They've been very much more mellow and bureaucratic. Yeah. There's another element of that that should be mentioned along the same lines. Uh, We had put a request to the government to release the political prisoners as a humanitarian gesture associated with Hunmanet's appointment. And in fact, they did release, I think it was seven political prisoners. Petit Montauban made clear in his October uh, report to the UN Human Rights Council that that was not enough. He said in very direct terms, the actions taken by the Cambodian government have to be substantial and significant. A few releases of political prisoners is not sufficient. That too is a very dramatic difference from the past. So while this does not force the Cambodian government to make changes, it is putting pressures on them that they have never faced before. And we need to understand that that's meaningful, that the United Nations and the international community and the Khmer community are doing things that they have never done before. And we need to keep those going and we need to add to the strength and the frequency of those efforts. Yeah. Speaking of pressure, international pressure, uh, Attorney Scalar, uh, I, I still remember people around the world, including the, the Khmer people, looking to the look to the United Nations as a problem solver or even a savior uh, when they are in a desperate, hopeless situation. However. The UN appears to be powerless, toothless, uh, at least in the past, unable to effectively enforce an international legal binding instrument on certain uh, member states when they violate international law and norms, uh, besides introducing resolutions. Where Where else would you think the Khmer victims can find recourse? I wouldn't describe the situation as being toothless, quite the contrary. I'm a I'm someone who has been involved for many, many years with Amnesty International. I served on their board of directors for uh, two terms. Amnesty International has no power. It can't force governments to do anything, but it exerts a significant set of pressures that do make a difference through speaking truth to power, sending in complaints, making it clear that the world community is watching and is concerned. And a good example of how that works and can work for Cambodia is that last year, the Khmer community introduced and developed something called the Urgent Action Alert System, something that's modeled on the Amnesty International approach, a way for the community to voice its complaints and its concerns directly to the people in the government of Cambodia 
who are committing these abuses or holding prisoners yeah. in detention. It has been a dramatic improvement over what's happened in the past. It's given the Khmer community a voice that they never have had before. So I would urge every member of the Khmer community to become actively associated with the Urgent Action Alert System and become an amnesty type voice speaking out against challenges. The point you're making is a real one. The pressures do not work very easily. Sometimes they never work. But many times, and Amnesty International's history is a good example of that, the the best example of that, these international pressures do work. They force governments to pay attention. They produce change in small ways, but important ways, through the release of political prisoners, for example, that would never happen otherwise. That's what needs to happen more with respect to the Khmer community. Right. Um, the UN Special Rapporteur uh, in Cambodia will present his report, of course, and recommendations to the UN uh, Universal Periodic Review (UPR) next year. Uh, what will happen after the world, the world, 90 plus or 100 countries at the UN Council, there, uh, Human Rights Council, hear the same human rights situation in Cambodia? You think the Phnom Penh government uh, will care about it? That's a fascinating question, and. Let's look at what happened during the Tietz visit to Cambodia. How did the Cambodian government react to the fact that he was giving attention to the land grabs? How did they react? There were two instances that took place that showed how the Cambodian government deals with these problems. The first was the March on Freedom Park that was associated with Human Rights Day. Remember, Human Rights Day was December 10. It was supposed to be during the time of Petit's visit to Cambodia. Um, How did the government react? They closed the march down. What else did they do? They invaded the office of Licado, regional office of Licado, yeah. and arrested the family of one of the long-term detainees. In other words, the Cambodian government was continuing what it has done for years and years and years yeah. during the Hansen administration, doubling down on the abuses, doubling down on the repression, Instead of recognizing that change is taking place, the United Nations is dealing with the situation differently. They have to change with it if they're going to be effective. The international community will not accept the old way of doing things from the Hanmanet, Han Sen regime there will be more requirements imposed unless 
the Hanmanet government changes its ways, recognizes the problem, and recognizes that they have to do something differently other than closing down the political opposition and throwing everybody who criticizes the government in jail. The mass criminal trials have to end. If they don't, at the UPR and thereafter, the international community will be condemning the Cambodian government in even more forceful and more frequent terms. Yeah. Okay, speaking of uh, ad- advocacy uh, uh, advocacy purposes, uh, I understand that uh, whatever the work your group and yourself, uh, uh, who, who you're part of it, uh, are trying to help the powerless uh, in Cambodia uh, to speak truth to power. Uh, do you uh, work with U.S. government officials as well in as part of your advocacy, explaining everything what happened in Cambodia to these people? I don't do. I don't do that myself. There are other members of the Khmer community that make that the focus of their attention. My approach has always been international. I believe that the best way to produce dramatic change of the kind that the special rapporteur talked about in his report to the UN in October, the best way to accomplish that is to get the international community involved, force them to recognize that the problem cannot be passed off as it has been in the past, that they have to deal with it in a more direct, more forceful, clearer way. And that is what is happening at the UN today. That's what we need to recognize. Attorney Scholar, I thank you very much for your time, and uh, please come back again uh, whenever you learn of any new developments. Uh, we love to hear from you, sir. It's a great pleasure. I look forward to the Kamai community picking up the action now and continuing what they've been doing over the past several months, especially with the Urgent Action Alert Network. That That is their voice. Yeah. and their way to get their their concerns known by the international community at this very critical time when the avenues, the channels for advocacy are at their greatest. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Again, Attorney Scalar, and a happy holiday to you, sir. Thank you very much. You too. Yeah. Thank you. លោកនាងនាងតាសនីជនជាទីមេត្រីអំបាញ់មិននេះជាកិច្ចភាសជាមួយនឹងមេធាវីខាងសិទ្ធិមនុស្សច្បាប់អន្តរជាតិលោក
លោកបានគ្រងទៅលោកគ្រងទៅព្រឹត្តិការណ៍ពុជារយៈពេលអឺតំណាងពិសេសអង្គការសហប្រជាជាតិប៉ុន្តែដល់ពេល <coughs> đánh bị chia bỏ rót bị đe dọa bay bị đẩy thủy hay rót thay bị bao hạ bị đội chia mình chọn tới bàn tay luôn bàn tàu pi cả lạnh đấy tàu khơi sẽ thay làm phim để rót thay bị bao bàn anh bắt côn để chụp bay đánh bị chia bỏ rót bị đe dọa bay bị đẩy thủy luôn bàn khơi sẽ thay là cả chạy អភិវឌ្ឍសេដ្ឋកិច្ចនោះបាទអឺលោកថាមន្ត្រីអង្គការសហប្រជាជាតិធ្វើការលើកនេះអឺចុងក្រោយនេះខុសពីសម័យមុ
tam đời thà đào pe về lìa bòn triệt nội tệ cứ đào lên được miền lệ khăn lúc thà tam ca sắc xa sáu chiếu prote nội khung bị phục lúc đại miên đã chấp nẹt tu nẹt đã chấp mà nu đoàn tiệt tu มันแน่สกาเนาะตู้เนี่ยตู้นโยบายเนาะคือกล่าวแต่ปีประชาชนជាសមាជិកអង្គការសហប្រជាជាតិនោះដែលគឺថាការប្រស្រ័យតាក់ទងរបៀបណាមួយជាមួយប្រទេសដែលមិនគោរពច្បាប់នោះជាការបង្ហ